It's Mark Reardon for PNCC Speak, the language of executives, along with Michael Scully, regional president of PNC Bank. Today, we're joined by Chuck Cohn, founder and CEO of Varsity Tutors. Hey, Chuck, how are you? Welcome to C-Speak. Doing well. I appreciate you having me on, Mark. Great to connect with you again. Tell us a little bit about Varsity Tutors and how the startup came to be. And, you know, I think a lot of people might be surprised that this is a St. Louis company. We are, yeah. So we're headquartered in downtown Clayton. Um, lifelong St. Louis and myself. I love the city very much. So to answer your question, uh, I started Varsity Tutors about 13 years ago based on my own personal experiences with private tutoring. Some of them when I was in high school had been remarkably positive. Some of them had been incredibly frustrating. Uh, And there were other times where I could have benefited from private tutoring and just couldn't find somebody in time for a couple of important exams in biology and physics. And when I was in college studying finance and entrepreneurship at WashU, I was studying for this Calculus two course, didn't understand any of the material, was almost certainly going to fail the exam the next day. And two of my good friends who were valedictorians of the respective high schools ended up coaching me to a great grade in that class that I otherwise would have failed. And I came to the realization that had I had access to people like that when I was in high school, I would have had a better experience. They had deep subject knowledge. They loved teaching. They had great communication skills, and that was the genesis for the original business. And we've evolved quite a bit over the course of the last 13 years. You know, the business today and platform today look nothing like the original business. But at the end of the day, if you can help people and personalize the experience and do so in a a highly convenient um, manner and, and do so in a way that is very modestly priced, you will ultimately take market share. Uh, and be rewarded with with customers who choose to entrust their learning needs to uh, your company. Chuck, in today's knowledge-based economy, continuous learning is an imperative to succeed in business. How are you as an executive approaching this with your own employees? I think first and foremost, you need to value it yourself um, and you need to establish how you plan to communicate it to the company. So one of the things that we did a number of years ago was we actually wrote down the leadership principles that we as a company hold dear. And these were things that as executives, uh, our management team was expected to exhibit. These were characteristics that we thought were critical to the success of the company. And these were things that we wanted all of the employees at the company, both new and existing to exhibit because we thought that they would lead to long-term success. And one of those principles for us was about demonstrating intellectual curiosity. And we were codifying for the entire company and for ourselves as an executive team that we valued lifelong learning, that we valued people that sought out new information, that we thought it was an incredibly important skill set to develop and work on. And for us, uh, because these leadership principles are written down and because we talk about them frequently and we hold ourselves accountable to them, including the one around demonstrating intellectual curiosity, it really drives and encourages lifelong learning across our entire employee base. And so there there are a number of different initiatives we have stemming from that leadership principle that we try to ensure permeate throughout the organization. But it starts with really rewarding and recognizing those that go above and beyond in terms of continuing to evaluate and then lift up their overall skill set. So... Of course, CEOs want their team members to be lifelong learners. How can we get adult professionals excited about virtual learning on top of the rest of their virtual lives? 
I think the reality is that a lot of virtual learning historically has been bad and a lot of corporate training and the nature of your question is somewhat corporate training related has also been bad. And so we're all consumers. We have consumer experiences. There's a certain bar that as individuals you have when you go to a website or when you watch content or you read something. And to the extent that it's boring or irrelevant, you'll just check out. And so from our perspective, and this relates both to providing learning experiences for anybody on the platform, whether it's little kids or adult professionals, you need to make it a high quality experience. It needs to be personalized. It needs to be relevant. It needs to be engaging. And that really comes down to the entire experience. And so um, from our perspective, if you provide people information that's really relevant to them and then you communicate it in an engaging way, you're so much more likely to see uptake and interest in the topic. So as a business leader, what does that mean? It means you need to make sure you have good content. It, mean, it needs to be content that is relevant for the specific topics that your employees need to learn about and should care about. And what, what I often see is many companies have corporate training available to employees on a very narrow range of subjects. It's really boring. It's dated. Uh, and it's effectively a check the box strategy. And if you want to drive intellectual curiosity and lifelong learning among your employees, then you really need to invest in making great uh, educational assets available to them that are going to really benefit them. So they want to do it. And it's not a chore. I've seen actors, Olympians and astronauts teaching free classes on your platform. That's really outside the box. And curious, how can C-suite executives think outside the box as you and your team have? I think it's important that you look for inspiration in other industries and you hold yourself accountable to a really high standard of what good looks like. And so one of the things that we try to do as a leadership team and company is look for what those best experiences are in other areas and then ask ourselves how we could be, bring those ideas to life. So whether it's having an astronaut on the platform to teach a class on getting to outer space or something else entirely different, we really want to, we really want to offer uh, an incredibly compelling experience that is noteworthy, engaging, hasn't been done before. But there's lots of great companies out there that you can compare yourselves to outside of your own industry. And from, from our perspective, it, it really starts with wanting to be the best and then setting aside time to identify those strategies or initiatives that are aligned with your business objectives that are really noteworthy and interesting and, um, you know, could, could stand to differentiate you as a company. So uh, like many people, I think it's very easy to get sucked into the tactics of day-to-day of -day operations, um, but it's important to set aside time to go out and figure out what great looks like, what companies you really admire, what, what business leaders um, you really admire, and, and then try to hold yourselves accountable to that same standard. And I think uh, if you do that, you know, you'll at least do a little bit better than you did the previous day, which is one of the things we always try to do as a company. Chuck, what does the business community need from online learning platforms so new talent, upcoming talent is prepared to meet their need? I think it comes down to having relevant information that's highly engaging. And as I mentioned before, lots of the corporate training materials that are out there that are provided to employees are of a very, very narrow focus. Um, and companies will solve one very specific hot button acute problem. One example would be 
we're hearing about lots of companies that are investing in data science right now. And we actually have lots of companies calling varsity tutors interested in teaching their employees SQL and data science and some related coding languages. But they ignore the other 50 problems that their employees could learn about solving that are of great importance to the company. And so from our perspective, it's, it's important that they look for holistic solutions that allow employees, regardless of what their role is, to elevate their overall skill set. One of the things that we do with our own employees is we make 52 hours of private one-on-one -on -one instruction available and employees both use that with their own children, but they also use that to invest in themselves. And so we do have a lot of people learning SQL, but we also have people that are learning digital marketing, uh, that are learning business communication skills, that are learning all sorts of additional relevant uh, skills on the platform and working with people that have deep experience there so that they can elevate their contributions to the company a little bit more than they did the previous day. Chuck, as you might well imagine, business leaders are challenged to help their employees balance work, parenting, and educating their children. What guidance do you have for the C-suite in ways they can support their employees with handling work and the virtual schooling during this disruption? Much like every other employer, we also are impacted by this, but we're beginning to provide solutions for companies to actually support their employees and help alleviate some of the stress. Any employee who has children at home right now doing virtual schooling is under immense pressure and stress. And they're having to balance being productive at work and all the expectations their employer has, while at the same time being a good parent and making sure that they serve as teacher to their children at home. And those are not reasonable expectations. And all of the surveys that are out there right now demonstrate that parents with kids at home doing virtual schooling are under immense stress. And many of them um, are actually expecting poor performance reviews because of the, the dual responsibilities they're currently bearing. So I think most of the companies that we're talking to, and we've had just hundreds of companies inquire over the course of the last six weeks or so about how we can help them support their, their employees in this virtual schooling world, they recognize this is not a forever thing. And the important thing is that you support your employees, you demonstrate that you, they, that you care about them, uh, you try to eliminate whatever stress you can in their lives. And ultimately, it should not only lead to more productivity to get day, but it also will lead to uh, higher levels of retention. And many large companies are actually seeing attrition due to the fact that balancing parenting of a virtual schooler with working is just untenable right now. And so many companies are coming to us and they're saying, all right, we're going to solve for childcare. What can you do related to virtual learning? And we're encouraging companies to break the problem apart into two pieces. Um, parents shouldn't be expected to be teachers and knowledgeable about every subject. And they also, to some extent, need help on the childcare side. So what we're doing as a company and what many, many other companies that are contacting us for virtual learning support are doing is they're actually doing two different things. They're providing some sort of childcare stipend on behalf of their employees. And they're also doing some sort of tutoring and live online assistance uh, stipend to subsidize the cost of dealing with all the stress and the dual responsibilities. And that's been incredibly well received by our employees internally and by many of the large companies that we're working with. We know that it's been incredibly well received by their employees as well. But it's not a forever problem. We will get past this, but the interim, I think it's incredibly important that you do whatever you can to retain your team and come out of this in a position as a company where you have 
employees that understand that you care, that stayed with you throughout the pandemic, and you're now in a position to build and innovate and grow, uh, as opposed to maybe a more defensive posture should you not invest heavily in your employees today. Varsity Tutors is constantly updating their platform to stay cutting edge. What advice would you have for other CEOs facing similar technological challenges? I think it's really important to understand what good looks like. And that and that doesn't matter whether you're, you're thinking about uh, the technology bar you hold yourselves to, the personnel bar you hold yourselves to. It's important to have some sort of objective benchmark and constantly seek out good. And so in this particular case, uh, we try to hold ourselves to the, the the same standard as other leading consumer platforms. And we're constantly doing consumer research to benchmark ourselves against other leading internet platforms and make sure that we are delighting our users. Um, we focus heavily on a number of customer satisfaction metrics. We look at retention. We care about NPS. And these are all things that will help you identify problems uh, that consumers may have with your platform that would allow you to figure out where you want to invest your time and energy as a company. And in our experience, when we've solved some of these customer problems, when we've elevated the customer experience to the same level as some of the other leading platforms out there, uh, whether they're in education or a whole different industry entirely, we've typically seen a whole host of business benefits down funnel in the form of happier customers, better retention, and better business performance. We hear about artificial intelligence being used in businesses across many, many industries. Wondering what will be the place for AI in education? We've started investing in artificial intelligence and machine learning over the course of the last, call it four years or so, pretty aggressively. And as you start to solve specific problems that you encounter using machine learning, you start to realize all of the different ways that it can start to impact not only the business problems you experience, but also in our case, education in general. So one of the things that we expect to have happen is uh, work broadly defined will continue to be automated when uh, it can be done more efficiently by a machine. And as it relates to education, we think that there will be uh, a growing there will be there's a growing trend where AI will aid in human interaction and we are investing in and around ways where we can use machine learning in particular to enhance the overall human interaction. And so that could be related to helping us identify exceptional instructors, uh, matching a given learner to a specific instructor or tutor who meets their very specific needs based on all the data available on the platform or using adaptive ML-based diagnostic testing to figure out exactly what you personally know and don't know so that we can tailor learning to your needs. And those are just a couple of the ways that we as a company are investing in machine learning infrastructure and, and building what we consider to be an algorithmically driven company. But I expect that others as well will continue to enhance all the interaction in and around people so that people can focus on what they're best at uh, and do so with all the benefit of the information out there about the specific learner and what could be tailored to their specific learning needs. So we're incredibly excited about how AI can enhance personalization in particular. And I think you'll see some of the more rudimentary aspects of learning get completely automated by software uh, and machine learning. You're already starting to see that with uh, things like 
software that you hold over a math problem and it solves it in real time for you and shows you all the steps. And so fast forwarding five or 10 years, we'd expect that what is left was the best part of human interaction and what is automated thanks to software and machine learning is all the other things that a machine can do. And, and you're actually left with a much more productive instructor, a person, a learner who's had the experience much more tailored to their specific needs. And it, it just becomes a better educational experience with less effort involved for all parties. Chuck, thanks for joining Mike and I today for another PNCC Speak interview. PNCC Speak, the language of executives.